A leading Australian heart expert says switching to potassium-enriched salt could slash hypertension rates. A high salt intake has long been associated with increased risk of hypertension, heart disease and stroke. One in five New Zealanders has high blood pressure, according to the Stroke Foundation, making them seven times more likely to have a stroke. The Health Ministry recommends adults limit uh, salt intake to roughly a teaspoon per day, but New Zealand Nutrition Foundation figures suggest consumption is much higher. Elta Schutter is Professor of Cardiovascular Medicine at the University of New South Wales. She says years of public health warnings about salt have failed to reduce consumption, and she's researched the benefits of switching to potassium-enriched, low-sodium salts, which are readily available. Professor Schutter, welcome to Nine to Noon. Morning, thank you. So what is it about the potassium-enriched salts? Do they negate the impacts of excess sodium? Could you explain, please? Yeah, sure. I think um, it's important what you've just said that, you know, the restrictions are on sodium intake. So the common salt that we are using in the kitchen is sodium chloride. And um, the problem in that is the sodium content that's uh, that's causing the increase in blood pressure and increase in heart disease and other other physiological effects. So while um, we have tried, as you say, to to reduce the intake, it's just a matter of taste and people don't want to lose that taste and therefore cannot. Uh, reduce their salt intake effectively, even if instructed to do so by their doctors. So potassium-enriched salt really takes a proportion of the sodium out of the equation and replaces it with potassium. So where sodium increases blood pressure, potassium is well known to have heart health benefits. And that is what we typically get in our fruits and vegetables and why we've always been recommending people to increase fruit and vegetable intake but it's not happening as it should be. So this is another way to increase potassium that will reduce blood pressure and reduce sodium at the same time. So it's like a win-win situation. So it's not so much that potassium offsets the sodium, it's just that you'll be having less of uh, a bad thing in excess and more of a good thing. Yes, that's that's the case, but also um, in our bodies, each cell actually requires sodium and potassium. And if that balance is disturbed, which is what the current situation is, then it has a lot of health consequences. So by increasing potassium, reducing sodium, we're also trying to help restore that balance. And that has uh, obvious benefits as well. Does it necessarily blunt the effects of excess sodium or is it simply cellular balance in the cellular balance in each? It's a combination of things, actually. I think it's it's very important, the message of the World Health Organization, also the New Zealand Stroke Foundation and others, to reduce the sodium, right? So that is the first target, and that is the first reason why these salts were developed. But at the same time, um, you know, most people in the population, we always emphasize the high salt, sodium intake, but there's a very few that really emphasize that most of the population, also in New Zealand, high-income countries, have by far not um, enough potassium intake. That's so main source. Bananas uh, are high in potassium. What else is high in potassium? <laughs> um, avocados, uh, also uh, potatoes. You know, I think... If we need to say, we can say most fruits and vegetables yeah. are much higher in that than, than most other foods, but you're right, bananas are known for their high potassium indeed. Let's come back to the salt then. Uh, look, there there are uh, commercial um, products available that reduce sodium and um, elevate potassium in the mix. Um, what are they called? Are they just called potassium-enriched salts, right? Um, so that's one... Yeah, I mean... Go ahead. Sorry. 
Yeah, I, I just wanted to comment there. There's the different brands, of course, and, and I think some consumers are quite confused standing in the grocery stores and there's all these fancy salts, Himalayan salts and, and many others, but um, you have to really look onto the label. It's often called hard salt or low salt or light salt. Um, something along those lines, or uh, and, and on the label, it should clearly indicate there's potassium chloride in there. Otherwise, it may just be another fancy salt with still high levels of sodium. Uh, are they? Uh, do they have iodine in them? By the way, are they iodized? It depends. Some brands do have iodine and some not. So that is a problem, and we're actually um, working also and speaking with the with the salt industry to make sure you know that the, it, all those salts are uh, also iodized. The other issue, Elta, is that even if you try and reduce your salt by not actually adding any, as with sugar, uh, over time more and more really basic staple products like bread have salt added. Right? You can tick off that. Um, teaspoon of salt pretty quickly in the day. Uh, restaurants are very high salt users, and of course, the real elephant in the room is um, uh, processed foods. So, is this something that needs to go beyond the individual consumer and to some of those who are uh, preparing and packaging uh, pre prepared meals for the market need to latch on to this? That's a very good point. In countries like New Zealand, it's typically 75% of our sodium intake is through processed foods. And often bread is the main culprit because there's high volumes of bread that we do eat. But it's also in, in other products such as soups and sauces. Um, you know, it's hidden everywhere, like uh, is the case with sugar. So, yes, you're, you're absolutely right. And therefore, I think um, if the food industry don't also come to the table and, uh, you know, they change the formulation of their foods, um, it will remain a big challenge. So we have started conversations with the food industry. I had a meeting earlier this month with uh, globally, global companies, um, so salt manufacturers, but also food manufacturers. And there seems to be an openness and a willingness to do so, you know, like has been the case about 100 years ago for switching to iodized so uh, sodium um, or iodized salts. So Indeed, if they don't come to the table, this will remain a, a critical problem, especially in countries where we have most of our salt intakes through um, processed foods. You did some research that showed only the European and Chinese health agencies advise switching to low-sodium potassium-enriched salts. Uh, is it beginning to gain wider discussion, at least elsewhere? It is indeed. Since we have recently published a paper where we highlighted that, and this is these guidelines that you're referring to are those uh, used by doctors who treat people with high blood pressure. So um, it's uh, the the main research that came out to support the use of salt substitutes was only published in 2021. Uh, based on a major study that was done in 20,000 people, and that results of the study was you know conclusive and showing very strong evidence of the long-term benefit following these people for about five years. And since then, few guidelines have been updated. The Europeans and Chinese were first to, to pick that up. And I do think, you know, there will be new guidelines in, in other European countries as well as in the U.S. Uh, during the course of this year and next year, which will, will um, hopefully include this as well. But it's not only, um, th that is why I said these guidelines are for treating people with high blood pressure, but 
that is the first entry point because these are the people at highest risk for for cardiovascular disease and for stroke but um, we also want to promote particularly that it would be beneficial for the general population you know it's um it's just switching the current salt that you use at the household when you prepare food or at the table and to switch that to a potassium enriched salt which practically tastes the same and i think that's where we will have the most benefit in massive volumes of the population um, if if over the long term because it adds up every year that you don't switch. Uh, I read somewhere uh, an estimate that if everyone in China switched, it would prevent around half a million heart attacks and strokes a year. That's a large country, of course, isn't it, um, uh, population-wise? Um, but that, that's, a, that's a standout figure. Couple, it's still, there's still research, the jury's still out on whether it can be used in preserving food, I understand, but, um, but that may be confirmed one way or another. And there's a caveat that's important, I think, people with severe kidney disease should not use these salts. Is that correct? Yes, that is that is the important um, aspect I also wanted to highlight. It's about 2% of the population have advanced kidney disease. And uh, these patients are already advised by their doctors anyway to avoid salt and to avoid potassium intake. And they, therefore, um, it should be very clear that these patients should not be recommended to use potassium and salt, although they may have high blood pressure. Um, in fact, um, there's, there's some studies that are showing uh, that even in these patients, it may have some benefit, but uh, we have a, there's a current study that's ongoing, so the jury is still out on that specifically. But overall, I think it's very important to be safe. We know that patients with kidney disease are at risk um, based on previous work, so we strongly recommend that they avoid it. What is sodium so in the sites for when it comes to high blood pressure? We know high blood pressure over time damages um, arteries, damages delicate, you know, um, transmission systems in the body. Uh, but wh- why is sodium so implicated? <laughs> I think, you know, if we look at um, uh, people who live in areas like the Amazon, um, still, you know, there's some rural tribes there. When we look at their uh, diet, what they eat, uh, it is extremely low in sodium. So we don't need to have this high intake. And um, those people don't get heart attacks or strokes. Uh, They die from other causes. And, And that is just really been opening this whole pathway to identify that that sodium is really a key contributor to um, you know to increase blood pressure. So as you say, it's it's causing a lot of different effects on the body. It causes the body to hold back more water, so that increases the pressure. But over the long term, it also causes changes to the walls of these delicate blood vessels, the smaller ones that's in the brain and the, around the heart, but also in the bigger vessels that like the aorta, it causes the vessels to stiffen more and earlier in life. And um, that directly affects blood pressure as, as well as other other um, vascular diseases. So it's it's a cumulative effect, yeah. and that's why I'm, I'm very much pro um, improving health from young ages onwards. If we don't do that from early life, the, the effects will just accumulate and people will get heart attacks and stroke at younger ages. We get used to that flavour too. There's times I've gone virtually added salt-free and, and things have tasted different, but actually in many ways better. But we get used to it. It's used on all the cooking shows. You need to go to talk to MasterChef while you're there, Elta. Um, it's used on all the cooking shows. It just becomes a habit, you know. It makes us look fancy when we're, when we're finishing off a meal, but so implicated. 
people are asking, how does one get a hold of this low-sodium product, please? It's a potassium, we need to remind people, it's potassium-enriched salt. I think there are brands here in New Zealand. When we checked, they were a bit of a struggle to find on the shelves, Elta. They'll probably be even harder after today. Uh, but <laughs> thank you very much. I uh, appreciate your time. Elta Schutter, who's Professor of Cardiovascular Medicine at the University of New South Wales.